Now, in message five, we consider the last of five aspects of the issue of the second step of reconciliation. So we covered things like um, being in the direct contact with God and enjoying Him and becoming the righteousness of God uh, in Christ and then living not for the Lord only, but living to the Lord, being directed and governed by Him and having our heart enlarged. Now, message five is on becoming the sanctuary of God, the enlarged holy of holies. And I'll point out when we come to section three, that this thought, the sanctuary of God, is based on Song of Songs, chapter 6, verse 4. But now, here at the beginning, I want to try my best to make this clear. What I'm talking about, becoming the sanctuary of God, the enlarged holy of holies. So please remember in message two, we saw that in the tabernacle in the Old Testament, there were two veils. One as the entrance to the holy place and the other, the veil between the holy place and the Holy of Holies, where God is. So passing through the first veil into the holy place to enjoy God's blessings, that points to or corresponds to the first step of reconciliation, being reconciled to God from our sins. Christ is our righteousness. Our sins are forgiven. We believe in the dear Lord who died for us and was resurrected. And then the second veil signifies the flesh. When Christ died on the cross, he died only for our sins, but for us. And when we experience the tearing, the breaking, the rending of the second veil, we are experiencing the cross of Christ applied to our flesh, our natural constitution, our self. And then we can enter the Holy of Holies which is where God himself is. This means that we enter into what seems to be a place, spiritually speaking, the Holy of Holies, 
we are actually entering into God who is the Holy of Holies. To be in the Holy of Holies as portrayed in the tabernacle is to be in the God of glory himself, contacting him directly, enjoying him beyond measure. If I remember correctly, in one of the earlier messages, I pointed out that in the new heaven and the new earth, there will be the new Jerusalem. And the new Jerusalem is both the temple of God and the tabernacle of God. And these are signs signifying something spiritual. And so all the redeemed, regenerated, transformed, glorified sons of God corporately will be God's dwelling place, the tabernacle. God will dwell in us. Then, according to Revelation chapter 21, verse 22, there is no temple in the New Jerusalem because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple. This means that the triune God, the redeeming God, is the temple. And as the footnotes in Revelation point out and other sources of ministry point out, this temple that God is is indicated by the Greek word. It's the inner temple. It's the holy of holies. So on the one hand, we will forever be dwelling, living in the triune God as the holy of holies. And actually, we will become the enlarged holy of holies because we are incorporated into the triune God. We dwell in him. He dwells in us. And this matter of the sanctuary of God, the dwelling place, that is presented in Song of Songs, chapter 6, verse 4. And both Brother Nee and Brother Lee have ministered wonderfully, opening up and applying this verse. And I checked today with two of the translators, translating English into Portuguese. I learned or was reminded by them that you do not yet have the Old Testament recovery version in Portuguese. 
Otherwise, I would have pointed you to the footnote on chapter 6, verse 4. But the verse says this, You are beautiful as Tirzah, as lovely as Jerusalem. Now the Lord is speaking to this one who loves him, his lover. And she has been growing in life and maturing in life. She became the garden, growing beautiful plants, spiritually speaking, for the Lord's delight. She has become like the sun and the moon. But now the Lord says, you are Tirzah. Well, what's Tirzah? In the Old Testament, Tirzah, a beautiful place, was the city where the kings of Israel in the northern kingdom dwelled. When the Lord said, you are as beautiful as Tirzah, he is telling her, you are a beautiful dwelling place. And this word Tirzah, this name Tirzah, referring to an actual city where a king dwelt, signifies God's dwelling place, God's sanctuary. And then the verse says, lovely as Jerusalem, also a city. But that signifies the city surrounding and protecting God's dwelling place. The point here is that as we grow to maturity, being transformed from glory to glory, we become the dwelling place, the sanctuary of the living God. And he becomes our temple, our dwelling place. This means that the issue of the second step of reconciliation is not only that we are in God as the Holy of Holies, we are becoming the Holy of Holies. I repeat from Revelation. the wife of the redeeming God, a corporate person, will be the new Jerusalem. And the new Jerusalem is the triune God as the temple. For us to be the wife means we will be new Jerusalem. To be new Jerusalem means we will be the temple. We will be in the temple. We will be the Holy of Holies. 
And we will be in the Holy of Holies. And so God and we will be dwelling in the Holy of Holies mutually, we in him and he in us, forever. So we are taking a big step now in message five. We're not only enjoying God, we are not only becoming the righteousness of God in Christ, we're not only living to the Lord, we're not only enlarged in our heart, we are being built up together into the sanctuary of God so that God dwells in us and we dwell in him. Now we have two sections that lead up to this picture from Song of Songs, chapter 6, verse 4. Okay, Roman numeral 1. The entire Bible unveils one thing. God wants to be united, mingled, and incorporated with his redeemed people. United, mingled, and incorporated. And so we see this in these verses, John fourteen twenty. In that day you will know that I am in the Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. And in chapter 15, verse 4, Abide in me, and I in you. So to be united with God means that we are one with him in life, like the branches of the vine and the vine share one life, the life of the vine. And then mingled refers to human nature and divine nature. Christ is the unique and first God-man. The complete God and the perfect man. Human and divine, divine and human. Humanity and divinity are mingled together, but they're still distinct. And then we use the word incorporated to refer to another important word, co-inhere, or co-inhering. Well, what is that? To co-inhere means mutual indwelling. We are in God. God is in us. This is a matter of persons living in one another mutually and simultaneously. <clears throat> so the Lord 
has this desire to be united with us in life, mingled with us in nature, and co-inhering with us by our dwelling in his person and his dwelling in our person. All of this leads up to living in God and God living in us in the new heaven and the new earth eternally. And so the goal of reconciliation is not only joy and righteousness and living to God and having an enlarged heart, the highest goal, the final goal, is this eternal sanctuary, this eternal dwelling place for the triune God and the redeemed, regenerated, glorified, tripartite man. So this is the final goal of the second step of reconciliation. A, God in his divine trinity is an incorporation by co-inhering mutually and by working together as one. In John 14, 10 and 11, I am in the Father. The Father is in me. God is triune, Father, Son, and Spirit. All three are God. All three are eternal. All three coexist at the same time. All three dwell in one another mutually. That's what we mean by incorporation. Persons living in one another. <clears throat> B. God's goal in his economy is to produce a universal, divine, and human incorporation. God himself is a divine incorporation. But his desire is that in Christ and through Christ, we would be in Christ and by being in Christ, we are now in this incorporation. And our humanity, this part of our nature, is here. Therefore, in God's economy, the divine incorporation, God himself, becomes the divine and human incorporation. God with his redeemed people. See, the issue of Christ's glorification is the incorporation of the consummated triune God with the regenerated believers. One aspect of this incorporation is the Father's house. John 14. In my Father's house, there are many dwelling places. 
I go to prepare a place for you. The Father's house is not heaven. It is this divine and human incorporation where we dwell in God and God dwells in us. This is our eternal dwelling place. D, the new Jerusalem is the ultimate incorporation of the processed and consummated triune God with the regenerated, sanctified, renewed, transformed, conformed, and glorified tripartite church. So the more we are being reconciled to God in the second step, the more we are being sanctified, then renewed, followed by transformed, conformed, and eventually glorified. We will be such tripartite beings dwelling in God as our sanctuary and being the sanctuary, the dwelling place of God. I repeat, we as such glorified sons of God will be dwelling in God, the Holy of Holies, as our temple. And the process and consummated triune God economically will be living in us as his dwelling place, the sanctuary, the tabernacle. This is the ultimate goal of God's eternal purpose. Roman 2. Now we come back directly to the ministry of reconciliation. Through the ministry of reconciliation, we are incorporated into the processed and consummated triune God to become in Christ an enlarged, universal, divine human incorporation. So once again, we see reconciliation, the second step. The second step brings us into God. God is the Holy of Holies. And this means we are dwelling in God and also God is dwelling in in us because we have become in God's economy the enlarged holy of holies the expanded sanctuary it's not only Christ himself the firstborn son of God there are millions and millions of believers making up this sanctuary. That's why we say, again, economically, 
We are the enlarged dwelling place of God. The enlarged holy of holies. The sanctuary of God called Tirzah, beautiful. Called Jerusalem, lovely. Point A, as a result, we become God's sanctuary, his dwelling place, his holy of holies, the new Jerusalem. This is the result, the final ultimate result of the ministry of reconciliation is that we become God's sanctuary, God's dwelling place, God's holy of holies, the new Jerusalem. In Revelation 21, we see the record that John saw the holy city Jerusalem descending out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. That's in verse 2 of Revelation 21. Then later in verses 9 and following, an angel says to John, Come here. I will show you the wife of the Lamb, his bride. I will show you this person, his wife. And what did John see? He saw a city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven, having the glory of God. But please realize, dear saints, that this city, New Jerusalem, is not a thing, it's not a big metropolis. It's not the divine and human Sao Paulo. It is a corporate person. And this corporate person has become the holy of holies. So God is our holy of holies. And we are God's holy of holies. His sanctuary. Be the tabernacle in the Old Testament is a sign a picture of the universal incorporation. Well, let's consider this picture. You have the tabernacle in two sections separated by a veil. In the first section, the holy place, you have the table with the bread there, in that place. And then you have the golden lampstand here. And then the incense altar in front of the veil there. 
I don't see incorporation here. Okay, let's wait. Incorporation is inside the veil. So, we pass through the veil, and now we are in God himself, the God of glory, so we are in glory. And there is the Ark of the Covenant, made of wood, overlaid with gold on the outside and gold on the inside. That is a type, a symbol of Christ. But inside the ark, there is a golden pot. And that gold signifies the nature of God. Then inside this golden pot is manna, signifying Christ as the bread of life, as our heavenly food. So here we have Christ, the manna, in God, the golden pot, and God, the golden pot, in the ark, which is Christ, and the ark is in the Holy of Holies, which experientially is our human spirit indwelt by God. This is incorporation. The Father is in the Son. The Son is in the Father. The Son with the Father in him is in us. Therefore, we need to again refer to a verse of greatest importance. John 14, 20. In that day, the day of resurrection, you will know that I am in the Father. And you are in me. And I am in you. And let's put that with verses 10 and 11. Do you not know that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? So now we are in the resurrected Christ. We are in this Christ right now. And he is in the Father. That means we are in the Father by our being in Christ. Then we know from this chapter and elsewhere, the Father is in the Son. And the Son is in us. This is Coherence, persons dwelling in one another. This is incorporation. This is the mutual dwelling place. Now we come to Song of Songs. 
and we make a turn to the experiential side. Because now, as I indicated in chapter 6 of Song of Songs, this seeker has reached maturity. Way back in chapter 1, the Lord said, Oh, my love, you are like a mare, a horse, pulling a chariot for Pharaoh. Then he referred to her as a lily, as a pillar of smoke, as a bed, as a garden, as the sun, as Tirzah, Jerusalem, his dwelling place. And at the end of Song of Songs, chapter 6, we see that the lover of the Lord has a new name, Shulamite. Shulamite. The feminine form of Solomon. What does it mean to say she has become Shulamite She has become the same as her beloved, the Lord, in life, in nature, in constitution, in appearance, in function, but not in the Godhead. So this chapter 6 is so crucial. And at the beginning, in verse 4, the beloved Lord refers to her as his sanctuary. Oh, my dear, you're as beautiful as Tirzah, as lovely as Jerusalem, guarding, protecting the dwelling place. You are my sanctuary. And the Lord is our sanctuary. And we are his corporately, a Shulamite, his reproduction. So in the Song of Songs, we see two aspects of the cross is de- cross's dealing. And we know the dealings of the cross are central to our experience of reconciliation in both steps. The first aspect, the breaking of the self. And the second, the dealing with the flesh in a deeper sense. Through these two aspects of the cross's dealing, we become God's sanctuary. And so first, the cross is breaking the self. 
We are now in the second step of reconciliation. The cross is being applied to our natural being, our self, our flesh. And this is truly an experience of the cross, the dealing of the cross. This actually happens to us and in us. But then there's something more. Please remember the second veil separating the holy place from the holy of holies signifies the flesh. Now let's consider our spiritual situation, all of us. We all have been regenerated. We have been born of the Spirit. Romans 8.16 tells us the Spirit witnesses with our spirit that we are children of God. We know from 1 Corinthians 6.17 we are one spirit with the Lord. We learn from Romans 8.10 Our spirit is life because of righteousness. Our spirit is Zoe life because Zoe life, Christ is in us. And then we are being transformed in our soul. And we're a big family with many different spiritual ages and stages among us. But we are all being sanctified, renewed, transformed, conformed until we reach maturity. So someone like the seeker, the lover who became the Shulamite, she's very mature. In Song of Songs, chapter 8, she just longs for her beloved to come. I want to be transfigured. I want to be raptured. Because the Lord has gained her spirit and her soul, but we still have this body. A mortal body. According to Romans, it's a body of sin. And it's a body of death. It's the flesh. It's still here. The veil signified by this flesh is still here. But the veil has been broken. Not only when Christ was on the cross. But in us. In our life experience with the Lord. But the Lord allows this flesh to remain with its sin and death and all the negative things there. Why? In his wisdom. He allows this to remain because he will use it to draw ourselves into him 
to lead ourselves into him, almost to force ourselves. I realize I have this thing in me. The flesh never changes. Lord, I just need to go into you. I need to pass through the veil today, right now. So that is a deeper experience of the cross. Not just the experience of the breaking, the crucial breakthrough, but a continuing experience. The flesh is still here. The veil has been torn, but the veil is still here. Now I wake up, I'm starting a new day. I need to go through this veil of my flesh into the Holy of Holies in my spirit. And this requires a deeper and deeper application of the cross. And the more we experience this kind of application, the more we become the sanctuary of God. Now the subpoints to become the sanctuary is to be built up. This is related to the building up of the body of Christ. So we have this experience personally, but not independently. Not individualistically, but corporately, as members of the body, as brothers and sisters in the churches. So we need to be built up. The more we are built up, the more we become the sanctuary of God. The more we become the sanctuary of God and experience the deeper work of the cross, the more we become his dwelling place, and the more we can live here hour by hour. B, this sanctuary is the holiest of all, which is God himself. So now this thought needs to sink into us and stay. The holy of holies is not a place. The holy of holies is a person. And that person is God himself. It's so sad that millions of Christians are still being deceived and defrauded of the truth because the professional pastors and preachers and ministers are telling them the Father's house is heaven. And there's going to be a wonderful dwelling place for you. Oh, just a marvelous condominium there, just for you. And the emphasis is a place. You're going to a place. But that's not what John 14 says. We are going to a person. 
We are not in a place. We're in a person. And this person is in us. And by being in this person, we become the reproduction of this person to be his sanctuary, his dwelling place. See, when we enter into the Holy of Holies, we enter into God. Every time you turn your heart to the Lord and exercise your spirit and are in your spirit, you are entering into God. The Lord is with your spirit. Then after we enter into God, we become the sanctuary. In this sense, we become God. Can you follow this? The sanctuary, the Holy of Holies, is God. We are brought into God through the second step of reconciliation. We are now dwelling in him, the person who is our sanctuary. And as we are dwelling, living in him as the sanctuary for us, he is causing us to become the sanctuary for him. That's why we need to put together Song of Songs, chapter 6, verses 4 and 11. In verse 4, she's the sanctuary. In verse 11, she's the Shulamite, the reproduction of her beloved. And her beloved is her dwelling place, her sanctuary. Now, she is the sanctuary by becoming the same as he is. In this sense, in life and nature, never in the Godhead. We will never be self-existing. Only he is I am. He is everywhere. We are in one place, humanly speaking. This is just a marvelous deep thought. Reconciliation makes us the dwelling place of God. And resurrection makes, brings us into God who is our dwelling place. Reconciliation, rather, brings us into God, our dwelling place. One under C, the lovers of Christ eventually will become duplications of God in life and in nature, but not in the Godhead. So the more we love him, we see this in Song of Songs. In chapter 1, she's a horse. In chapter 6, she's a sanctuary. In chapter 2, she's a lily. At the end of chapter 6, she's Shulamite. Reproduction of Christ and God's economy. 
All of us will go through all of these steps. We will all become Tirza, beautiful, Jerusalem, lovely, Shulamite, reproduction of Christ. Two, in John 14, 23, and Ephesians 3, 17, prove that the God whom we are pursuing is making us his duplication. This is to make us his dwelling place, his holy of holies. Now, we may be familiar with Ephesians 3.17, that Christ is making his home in our heart through faith. But I'd like to read John 14.23, a lovely verse. And Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. And my Father will love him. And we will come to him and make an abode with him. This is the Lord's making us his dwelling place, an abode is where you live. My wife and I, we have an abode in Anaheim, not too far from the Living Stream Ministry campus where I am now. And that is our abode, our dwelling place together. When you're on a long journey You have to stay in a motel or a hotel. That is not your abode. That is a temporary place to spend the night, to get rest. But because we love the Lord and keep his word and the Father loves us, the Father and the Son, and of course the Spirit is there, the three are never separated, they will come and make an abode with us. So let's take apply this personally. You just tell the Lord, Lord Jesus, I love you. I love you, Lord. Because you first loved, I love you. And then by the grace in us, We just keep the Lord's word, a living word in us. And then something happens in the Godhead. The Father responds by loving us. And then the Father and the Son come to us, not for a visit, but to make a home for themselves in us. In Ephesians 3.17, our heart is becoming his home. 
Christ is making his home in our heart. And now we see again, from this verse we just read, the triune God is visiting us, and what? Making an abode with each one of us personally. This will eventually happen corporately. Millions and millions of glorified sons of God. But there's still the personal side where the triune God enjoys living in us and with us. He is our abode, our dwelling place, we are becoming and will be his abode, his dwelling place. And now we come to the point four to see what is the source of this in God. It is the love in God that gives him the yearning to unite mingle and incorporate with us. And it is the same love in us that gives us the yearning to unite, mingle, and incorporate with him. I believe that a significant number of saints that are hearing this word right now, you can sincerely say to the Lord, Lord, I have the yearning, the longing, the desire to unite with you, to mingle with you, to incorporate with you. And one of the verses there is a reference is 1 John 4.19. We love because he, God, first loved us. The kind of love we're talking about is God himself. God is love. How can we possibly love God the same way he loves us? How can we love one another the same way the Lord loves all of us? There needs to be a because in our Christian life. We love because he first loved us. It's so touching that Paul ended Galatians 2.20 by saying, I live in faith the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. My dear brothers and sisters, we all need a deep realization of this. Yes, God so loved the world, all the people. Christ loved the church, the corporate person. And he loves you. 
and he loves me because he is love. And so it is this love that gives him the yearning to unite, mingle, and incorporate with us. And now we love because. And then this yearning increases in us. Lord, I want to be united with you more than ever before. I want to be mingled with you. I don't want to be some kind of religious concept of angel. I just want to be a normal God-man mingled with you. Lord, I want to be incorporated with you. I want to live in you. I want you to live in me. It's love that motivates us. A, by loving the Lord with the best love, we are incorporated into the triune God to become his dwelling place. B, we become God's dwelling place, his sanctuary, the Holy of Holies, by participating in the four stages of the divine romance revealed in Song of Songs. So the four subpoints give us a kind of summary of Song of Songs. Let's remember we're in a divine romance. God became a man to seek us out, to redeem us, to begin a courtship with us. Now we're engaged to him. Soon we will marry him. Forever we will be his wife, his counterpart. He will be our husband. And so there's the stage of the attracting and pursuing stage. Draw me. We will run after you. Then the second stage of experiencing the cross. Third, the, the stage of living in the heavenlies to be God's new creation in resurrection. Four, the stage of becoming the sanctuary, the holy of holies. So in chapter one, we begin with a kiss. Let him kiss me with the kisses of his mouth. My beloved, your love is better than wine. Then he comes in his resurrection life to bring us to the cross. And then we grow in life and reach another stage of living in the heavenlies in ascension as a new creation in resurrection. Wonderful. Ascension, resurrection, new creation. What else? Stage four. Becoming the sanctuary, the holy of holies. 
This is the ultimate issue of step two of reconciliation. And all of us are on the way. And eventually every believer will arrive. But we have the opportunity to arrive and become the sanctuary during our lifetime. And not at the very end of our lifetime even. Even humanly speaking, a long time before, whatever the end may be, we have become this. And now we'll see in the following message, we can bring others to where we have been and to where we are. And we have the heart to do this. See, by loving the Lord with the best love and participating and by participating in every aspect of the divine romance, we become the new Jerusalem, which is the enlarged holy of holies. It's by loving the Lord. We all need more. First John 4.19 We love because he first loved us. We all need to realize what Paul said in Galatians 2.20 is also true of us. Christ loved me and gave himself up for me. And that produced the best love, a developing love, a maturing love. And now we're in the divine romance, stage after stage, until we all become the new Jerusalem, the sanctuary of God, the enlarged, holy of holies.